Hey everybody, Steve's NRL Footy Tips for this week is about to commence, but before we get to that, just a quick reminder to you guys that I have a new podcast, that's right, every fortnight, me and my co-host Noletta deep dive into the world of cinema and rank your favourite movies on a podcast called What Have We Been Watching, topics that we have deep dived into so far, we've ranked our favourite romance movies, ranked the best movies of 2020, looked at what we've, we are anticipating this year in 2021, and also ranked... Uh, movie uh, book to movie adaptations so plenty of great listed to check out every fortnight and between those episodes we also look at and review all the latest releases in the world of television and movies so far we've reviewed movies like ryan the last dragon coming to america and chaos walking and this week we actually looked at the uh, latest tv show in the world of the marvel cinematic universe wandavision and did our spoiler review for the entire series so if you guys like cinemas cinema or TV, or anything in the world of pop culture, go check out What Have We Been Watching every week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, on to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, and how good is it to have Rugby League back again in 2021? It all commenced last Thursday night with that blockbuster match between the Storm and the Rabbitohs, and it was a great weekend just enjoying the football Having some crowds back to start the season and, you know, with COVID-19 settling down and uh, some new rule changes really, you know, getting back into the grind. It's going to be a long season, 25 rounds in the regular season. It was just great to have Rugby League back again. I've got some thoughts on the new rule changes. We'll get into that momentarily. Before we do so, please remember to like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook and please like, share and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you guys listen to to this podcast. All right, we're going to get into all the team news for round two, and I'm going to give you all my predictions for this week's matches. But as I said, I've got some new thoughts on the rules. Before we get to that, however, we're going to look at the round one results. And as I said, it all started last Thursday night between the Melbourne Storm and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and the Storm got to a 22-6 lead at halftime. The final score was 26-18 to in that match. On uh, I tipped that one right. I tipped the Melbourne Storm. The Newcastle Knights defeated the Bulldogs on Thursday, on Friday night, 32-16, to and the Parramatta Eels survived a bit of a scare in the first half to come from behind and beat the Brisbane Broncos 24-16. to I tipped the Knights and the Eels for that game, so I was free from free to start my season. Super Saturday came along, and this was the first upset of the year. The New Zealand Warriors being too good for the Gold Coast Titans, 19-6, to a very disappointing performance from Gold Coast with all the hype during the off-season. Uh, I tipped the Titans in that match, so I was free from four heading into the second two matches of Super Saturday. The Roosters defeated Manly Seagulls 46-4. It was a absolute flogging there at the Sydney Cricket Ground, and a lot of pressure are now heaped on Manly. We'll get to that later in the show as well. And the Panthers, they weren't fantastic, but they were pretty clinical in their 24-0 victory over the North Queensland Cowboys, who didn't even fire a shot. And there's a lot of news from Cowboys camp that we'll get into a little bit later as well and some of Todd Payton's comments. I tipped the Roosters and the Panthers in those two games. That made me 5-6 from six heading into the Sunday matches where the Canberra Raiders, well, 6 all at half time, but they ran away with it in the second half, defeating the Tigers 30-12. to 12, And the Cronulla Sharks were too good for a... St. George Dragon side uh, under their first game with their new coach, Anthony Griffin. The Sharks won that one 32-18. I tipped the Raiders and the Dragons in the Sunday games, meaning for the first week of 2021, Steve's NRL footy tips successfully predicted six out of eight footy tips. So I'm 
on six to start the year. Not the perfect round that I wanted to start the season, but six is a good start. We'll see if we can improve on that this round. As I mentioned before, if you guys saw the quality of matches in round one, it was very interesting because when you look at the results, there was only two games that weren't what you'd consider floggings in the modern game of rugby league. Usually, you'd go 13-plus is a flogging, but uh, there's only two games that were under that. The Rabbitohs and the Broncos both lost by eight points, but a lot of the times, you'd see teams start to run away with the game the longer the second half went, and really, I think that these new rules have sped the game up to a point where I'm actually concerned about the future of the game. I don't know if too many people share my opinion here, but I think that we're getting further away from the forwards, you know, the bigger forwards in general having a place in rugby league and we're getting more closer to, you know, that touch feel. The fact that six agains get called for everything and then we have very few stoppages in play are meaning that forwards are getting tired faster and some big teams like the Warriors who actually, you know, they were in the grind, they weren't fantastic, but they got the job done. Teams like that and teams like Manly that have got some bigger forwards could, you know, really struggle to adapt to these new rules and I feel like the place of the big man in rugby league could slowly be dying. I feel like the matches weren't even. I don't want to be too negative because it was round one, but I did not like the quality of matches that I saw. I didn't think there was too many good games of football on the weekend for round one of the year, and I was very excited heading into some of these games. I just didn't think the quality was as good as it has been in previous season. There were still some great individual performances, but I really think that a lot of these teams are rusty. Of course, they only had one trial to start the year. So, you know, obviously with the landscape of the world at the moment, I think you could kind of use that as a reasoning to why uh, the completion rate of some of these teams was so bad but and so poor in their defense, obviously letting a lot of soft tries, a lot of these teams are lost. But I feel like the quality has got to be better and I feel like this is something that the NRL has to really keep an eye on because you don't want to get to a point where rugby league doesn't, you know, doesn't, bode well on TV numbers and gets to a point where it's not that fun to watch. I mean, the good news uh, is that a lot of people don't agree with me on this opinion, and the Storm vs. Rabbitohs was one of the highest rated Fox Sports games in years, if not ever. So a lot of people interested in the start of 2021 season, obviously the hype's there, and it's one of the first sports that really said that we're going to keep going despite COVID and we're going to do it in a safe way. So all the credit to the NRL there. But I feel like the NRL has a uh, has a way of you know introducing these new rules every season. And I don't know if it's going the correct way. I mean, I think we're getting too much away from the game that existed 30 to 40 years ago. And we're even getting a, a fair bit away from the game that existed 10 years ago. If you go back and watch a game from 2011 now, You'll see significant differences. Obviously, the scrums and the tactical plays that teams would use to slow down the match, it's getting harder to do so in 2021, which you might think is not a bad thing, but it's also a bad thing in the effectiveness of a lot of these big forwards and just the forwards in general that are starting to become, you know, a little bit obsolete. Like guys like Jason Tamalolo, he was under the fire under fire by his coach, which we're going to get to a little bit later when we get to the Cowboys match preview. But it just shows you that the game's changing rapidly, and I just think the NRL has to keep an eye on it because I don't think they want to alienate their audience. And again, I might be in the minority here, but I feel like what we saw in round one and the quality of match that matches that we saw in round one 
is going to drive some people away from the game if they don't improve it. So what do you guys think about my comments on you know round one of the game's quality and the new rules? Let me know in the comments of this video on the Facebook page and hit me up and tell me if you disagree with me. Tell me if you agree with me. Obviously, a lot of the older heads in the world of rugby league will say that the game was a lot tougher in the 80s and a lot of the newer school generation will say that you know the quality and the you know the skill of these players have really evolved in the 21st century. But I feel like we need a mix of both of them in this game in 2021, and I feel like we didn't really get that too much in the weekend. But let us know what you guys think. Did you enjoy the first round of action? Uh, let me know because I'm very very interested in everybody else's opinions because. As I said, I had a mixed time watching these matches, but uh, 6 out of 8 to start the year for the NRL free tips, and I'm still excited as ever to continue talking about rugby league. It's just that I hope the match quality improves over the course of 2021. All right, let's get to Steve's NRL free tips for this week. Round 2, all the action is going to be previewed, and it's coming up next. All right, guys, that was my bit of a rant on, you know, the negative aspects of the new rule changes. But overall, I'm very excited for the rest of the 2021 season. Let's kick off the round two action now. And the first match, it all starts on Thursday night when the Parramatta Eels host the Melbourne Storm from Bankwest Stadium. And, well, for the Melbourne Storm, this was, last week was the first match that they played without Cameron Smith for almost 20 years. The last of the big three with Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk were gone and Melbourne really answered in style. I mean, absolutely dominating the Rabbitohs in that first half. Craig Bellamy had these guys fired up to win their, you know, 17th consecutive match against the Rabbitohs down there in Melbourne. The Rabbitohs still have not won a game down there, and it was clinical stuff in the first half. The second half wasn't fantastic, but they showed their professionalism to uh, get away with that round up one win, considering the fact that so many, you know, pundits expected the Rabbitohs to be almost unstoppable to start the season, but Everyone that doubts Melbourne learns to pay the price, and Ryan Pappahouse and Cameron Munster were absolutely outstanding. Christian Welsh added a lot up front, and I mean, Brennan Smith finally got his chance to start a game as Melbourne's hooker, and he was fantastic in the first era of football as well. Very explosive out of dummy half, and you know, no Harry Grant, no problem for the Storm at the moment. Before we get to the Eels, let me just have a bit quick comment on Cameron Smith. Forgot to mention it. He announced his retirement. Last Wednesday, there was a lot of uncertainty over the past, past few months of whether he was going to retire. I thought he was going to go to the Gold Coast Titans. Some people thought he was going to go to the Brisbane Broncos. But one of the greatest players of all time finally decided to hang up the boots. And, you know, he wasn't the most likable person off the field. He had a lot of off-field, you know, uh, comments that some people perceived as him being potentially arrogant. He also was a little bit of a grub, fair to say, on the field. I mean, he was... Laid into tackles, he you know liked to put the knees in the back of opponents. But let's be honest, an absolute champion of the game, a legend for Queensland, a legend for Australia, and most importantly, a legend for the Melbourne Storm, winning three premierships there: 2012, 2017, and 2020. Two more, if you you know count the salary capped controversial ones that got stripped from them in 2007, 2009. Without a doubt, the greatest hooker we've ever seen. He's the most captain NRL player of all time. He's got so many records, this guy, and. He's going to go down as an absolute legend and a future immortal of the game. I'm, I'm expecting in five years he'll be named as Rugby League's next immortal. But I just want to give a quick shout out and say, you know, not my favorite player of all time, but he always was absolutely, you know, given 100% of the field every time he went out there. As I said, sometimes he had his more controversial moments, but overall, 
one of the most gifted and uh, you know most professional and you know most most professional under pressure players I've ever seen in, in the game. I mean, he he always had an answer for what was happening on the field, and he always evolved his game and became an absolute superstar for many many years. So. Tribute to Cameron Smith on a great career. Congratulations and enjoy your time. And I'm sure we'll see you back in the game soon in some capacity. All right, let's move on to the Parramatta Eels now. And unlike the Melbourne Storm, they really struggled to open their account last Friday night. They were down 16 0 to the Brisbane Broncos. And Brisbane were just, you know, more enthusiastic. They just wanted it more. And they really started the game off very aggressive against the Eels. And the Eels just didn't look like they'd gotten out of bed in the morning, to be honest. I mean, they were struggling in all aspects of the game. A valiant second-half comeback and also much-improved performance um, and a lot more urgency on the amount of Parramatta saw them get over Brisbane 24-16 to in that game. And it was really the key players of Gufferson, Reed Mahoney that really stepped up and, and allowed that comeback to happen. They're obviously facing a much harder test against the Melbourne Storm this week. They're at Bank West, which always, you know, keeps them in the game, but Parramatta are going to have to be leagues better than what they were last week. And especially if Melbourne are the Melbourne that we saw in the first half and not in the second half, then they're going to be hard to stop. And I think that's really the key to beating Melbourne in this competition. While the while they were absolutely outstanding in that first half last Thursday night, I think uh, the Rabbitohs coach Wayne Bennett has noticed it and some other coaches noticed it as well. They're still not as strong as they were without Cameron Smith. And I think the key to beating Melbourne is to start match as well. I mean... You look at this stat, and Melbourne are almost unbeatable when they're winning at halftime. But if you can rattle them early, then it really gives you a, a platform to you know play the rest of your natural game. Um, but if you you start out strong aggression and your defence is tight and you starve in Melbourne of possession, then they're going to really you know the pressure is going to be turned to Melbourne. And a lot of teams try to do it, but you've got to be good enough to do it. And if Parramatta can start the game off early, they're going to be in for a chance. But for that to happen, and I think it's a very minor chance of happening, you need Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses at their best. They swapped sides to start the year in 2021. I thought they really weren't at their best last Friday night, and there's got to be question marks. I said it in my season preview of Parramatta. I'm going to say it again now that Mitchell Moses, I mean, he when the pressure's on, Mitchell Moses goes missing, and Dylan Brown, to a lesser extent, does as well. He's a much younger kid. It's got a very promising future, but these guys need to take control of the match, especially in the important moments. And really, the forward pack, if they can lay a platform, big guys like Campbell Gillard and Junior Paulo and Sean Lane and Nathan Brown with his aggression, uh, there should be no excuse for the forwards, um, I mean the half, sorry, to, to take advantage of that. And I feel like Brisbane outmuscled the forwards last week, and when you know the forwards managed to fight back, that's when Parramatta started looking like chances, but that organisation from Brown and Moses has to be better, and uh, we'll see what they've got this week, but for me, it was a little bit of a rough start for Parramatta last week. Melbourne, clinical as always, they weren't great in the second half, but I expect Melbourne to be too strong in this game. I mean, if Pabahousen continues his outstanding form that he you know, ended the season with last year and has continued to have to start the season, then I mean, they've got to be very wary of him. They've got one of the best fullbacks in the game in Clint Gufferson, but Pavel Houston's on a whole other level to pretty much any other fullback, maybe other than James Tedesco in the world at the moment. And if you've got guys like Munster and Smith at their damaging best, then they're going to be very hard to stop. And it's going to be a real interesting battle. As I said, Parramatta have a chance if they start that, the forward start on top early, but 
Melbourne's forward pack will, will you know, fight with anyone. Bromwich and Welsh and Kafusi. Craig Bellamy just knows how to get these guys at their absolute best, and it's going to be a great battle up front on Thursday night. I'm looking forward to the match immensely, but I've got Melbourne in this game by 10 points to start the rounds. All right, let's go to the Friday night matches. All right, and Friday night football kicks off from 6 p.m. at Central Coast Stadium when the New Zealand Warriors host the Newcastle Knights. Both of these teams starting their 2021 account with victories, and it was the Warriors that were the biggest upset, really, in round one. I mean, a lot of people expected this Titans team that, you know, had so much hype on them in the offseason to come out fired up, but the Warriors really withstand the attack early. They weren't fantastic, but once their forwards really laid a platform, Nicarima and Cheno Harris Tavita really came to their own and to be honest they're starting to become the most improved halves in the NRL and you know if they can get the the problem with the Warriors in round one were was their ability to really get the ball out wide to some of their strike weapons and get them involved in the game Mamalo and Fusatua and and RTS obviously as well but they were just fighting hard the whole 80 minutes last week, and I was really impressed by what I saw with the Warriors. Their forwards were absolutely outstanding. Fanua Blake, a great addition to the team, but guys like Elise Katoa, he, he covered David Feeder all game. He outplayed him. Bailey Sirner in his first game was fantastic. Toe Harris, outstanding as always. And, I mean, I'm really confident. I didn't have him eight at the start of the year, but I'm really have, I'm having good vibes about the Warriors at the moment heading into this season. They're versing a Newcastle team, as I mentioned, that also... Uh, started their season with a victory. They uh, they started pretty mediocre in the in the early parts of the game. The Bulldogs got up uh, to a ten 0 lead early, but they showed their professionalism again. The forward pack really laid the platform, which you know, as I said, when the a lot of soft shots came out of the weekend because the forward pack you know got exhausted. But Clemmer and Saifidi were absolutely outstanding up front for the Knights, and Mitch Barnett maybe had the best game that I've ever seen him have in his life. I mean, he was absolutely outstanding. For me, I'd like to see uh, Kurt Mann and, and Mitchell Pearce really take on the line a little bit more and, and throw some more questions out there. Tex Hoy looked good in his touches. I just think he needs a little bit more space and a little bit more room to roam out there. But it's going to be a very intriguing battle between two teams that, you know, uh, for their fan base, it was positive starts to the season. Both fan base will have real strong hope in 2021, despite the fact that either one of these teams haven't really had much success over the last decade, but it was a really good start. They got both sides have got some very promising young players. Newcastle got a few injury concerns. Obviously, Kurt Mann was suspected to injure his MCL. He's been named this week, so it'll be interesting to see if he lines up. Bradman Bess and Connor Watson also had niggling injuries, and they've got guys like Lachlan Fixgiven and Caelan Ponga still out. For that reason, that reason alone, I'm leaning towards the Warriors in this game. As I said, I was very impressed by their forward pack. It's going to be a big forward pack battle up top, but I feel like Nicarima and Harris Tavita improving their game every week, and I feel like they can take it to another level, but it really depends whether they can get those outside back some more football because you know what guys like Fusatua and Ken Romalo can do when they get some early ball and uh, and get in positions where they can score tries with you know some kicks aim towards them. They've just got to work on their game organisation a bit, Nicarima and Mamalo. But uh, for Newcastle, the pressure's really on Mitchell Pearce. I mean, he's been a guy that's had a lot of controversial off-season. I don't think he had a great start to the year last week. So um, he was okay. But, I mean, he really has to take more control. And 
Ewan Aiken's a big loss for the Warriors because, you know, he's going to have surgery this week, but I feel like, uh, and he's out for free for four weeks, I feel like Adam Pompey is a good uh, a good substitute. He's a good, young, promising up-and-comer. And I feel like the Warriors are on a bit of a roll to start the season. I feel like they're, they're out to make some statements under their new coach, Nathan Brown. It's all about discipline. They only let one try in on the weekend, and I feel like their early start's going to continue here. I've got the Warriors by eight points, but I've, I'm really entertained by this match on Friday night, and usually the 6 p.m. match isn't a great high-quality game of football, but I'm actually excited for this one more than I am for the 8 p.m. Friday night game. So I've got the Warriors by eight in this one. All right, the second Friday night game, the main event, so to speak, uh, takes place from 8.05 p.m. from Seabus Super Stadium, and this match has always been hyped as little brother versus big brother. The Gold Coast Titans versus the Brisbane Broncos, and really, it's the Gold Coast Titans that have more expectation on them in 2020. They were very clunky to start their season last year. They've named pretty much, a, I believe it's an exact same team from uh, last week, apart from Philip Semi, who uh, gets his chance to come back into the side because of Brian Kelly's injured uh, hand. I believe he, he fractured his hand last weekend. So, I mean... They have to be a lot better this week. They were very disappointed. They were probably my most disappointing game around round one. I thought they'd really make a statement early. I know that it could take some time to get these new forwards and get them into the game probably with, uh, you know, their combinations. But David Fafita also had an ankle infection and spent a lot of last week in hospital as well. But the Tides need to be a lot better. I mean, Jamil Fogarty and, and Ash Taylor were barely sided, in my opinion, during that match. And they really failed to, you know, throw anything in offense at the Warriors. They had so many chances near the Warriors' line and really couldn't capitalize. Their defense was sound, but, I mean, Justin Holbrook would not be pleased with their start of the year considering the fact that last year they started awfully as well and then came storming home. But at that point of the season for the Titans, it was too little, too late, so they need to be a lot more consistent. It's got to start this week. They're versing a Brisbane Broncos side that, you know, were fantastic in the first half, had some injury problems, but then got ran down like they did so many times in 2020. And... Really, while it was improved effort by the Broncos, Kevin Walters would see some promising signs from that and uh, really think that the Broncos are a chance this weekend. I mean, they, when you look at their lineup, they've made a couple of changes from the injuries. Um, Flag is starting, and Reese Kennedy's new man on the bench. Coates and John Asiata, who both got injured last weekend, apparently going to play as well. But uh, big game for both of these sides. Anthony Milford, in my opinion, was absolutely fantastic last Friday night, played one of his best games in years, and uh, I think the Broncos just have to rally behind him. This game is really a toss-up for me because both teams have their problems, especially this early in the season. As I said, the Titans looked very rusty, but the Broncos, we all know the task ahead of them to be competitive in 2021. Lodge was such a big asset for them the first half, so he's actually a big loss if we're going off round one, and the forward pack's really going to have to aim up against the Titans because we know how good their forward pack is on paper, and I feel like that if the Broncos aren't careful, they could be on the opposing end of the school line very quickly in this match. The Titans are going to be out to score fast and start the game well after a disappointing match last week. It's just whether the Broncos can hang with them. And, uh, I mean, I'm really going back and forth on this one on who to tip, but I'm actually leaning towards the upset. I think that the Broncos showed a lot of aggression and intensity at the start of that game last weekend. If they start the same way, then maybe they can they can match with this Gold Coast forward pack. And if they can keep guys like Brimson, because we know how good he is um, at 
cutting a game open, if they can keep him out of the game like the Warriors managed to do for most of the 80 minutes last weekend, I think they're a real chance for an upset and winning their first match in a significant amount of time. And it's really important for Kevin Walters and his new side to get a win on the board very early because the longer it goes without Brisbane winning a game, last year's Wooden Spooners haven't won a game for such a long time, the more, you know, the more expectations are going to lower and maybe the performances in the field will lower because the Broncos started off on fire last week, but they need a win to keep that momentum going and to give these players some confidence because a lot of these guys haven't seen a win for a long time. And a lot of these rookies, like Jordan Rickey's never seen a win in general in NRL and guys like Tessie New and, and Farnworth and Xavier Coates, they haven't seen many. So, I mean, this is a big, big game for the Broncos and they're not at home. Uh, big game for the Titans as well, but I think the Titans need a few weeks to work on their structures and bring it all together. They're going to be slow starters, in my opinion, based on what I saw last week. So I'm going to tip Brisbane in an upset. Brisbane by six points in this game. The Broncos, my first upset of the week. Actually, maybe the Warriors are an upset. But Brisbane, the biggest upset of the week so far, I've had a doubt. All right, we know what time it is. my favorite time of the week. It's Super Saturday. Before we get into it, just a quick reminder that Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook is a pretty good place if you uh, like discussing the World of Rugby League. I am actually bringing back my team of the week this year, so every Sunday evening, check out Steve's NRL Footy Tips for my opinions on who I think were the team of the week. 1-17, to 17, I name every week, and we'll see who gets the most appearances in 2021. Let me know if you agree with my team of the week. If you think it's terrible, let me know, and let's have a conversation there every Sunday night when Steve's NRL team of the week releases. All right, moving on to the Super Saturday games now, and it all kicks off at 3 p.m. from Bankwest Stadium when the Canterbury Bulldogs versus the Penrith Panthers. And let's be honest, this game's one of these ones that have the potential to get ugly quickly if the Bulldogs don't start as well, if not better, than they did last week against the Knights, and then they quickly fell away. But they need to start on fire in this game to repel this Penrith Panthers side who were pretty disappointing last week, to be honest. They beat the Cowboys 24-0, but if I was Ivan Cleary, I wouldn't be happy with the performance. I mean, I think they just expected points to come in that game, and they weren't really working too hard towards them. And then when they got down into the Cowboys' ends, they really struggled to point, point, uh, put points on. I think they were tackled about 45 times in the Cowboys' 20 in that first half of football. So they need a lot better with their finishing, but... Obviously, the Cowboys at the end of the day couldn't fire a shot against them, and I don't see much of a reason why the Bulldogs are going to be any different. Jeremy Marshall King's back for the Dogs. He'll take uh, Brad Dietz's spot on the bench. Fatilla uh, Marin has been promoted to the starting team. Waddell goes back to the bench in just a late switch there. The Panthers are named an unchanged side, and really why the Panthers, as I just said, they weren't great. Their completions weren't great. A lot of unforced errors. They got just got too much firepower throughout the entire lineup to uh to really be bothered by this bulldog side, but if they don't go into this game and treat it seriously, then they could struggle because I don't know if they were all there last week against the Cowboys. Cleary was really good. Um, Brian Toe was fantastic. James Fish Harris good as always, but a lot of their big guns didn't really fire. Um, so they can't be complacent against this Bulldogs team. I thought Kyle Flanagan had a really good debut. Um set the platform for, for all of their tries, um, and especially those two earlier ones. And him, he needs more people around him that can make things happen. It could be another tough year for the Bulldogs, but he's one shining light in an otherwise you know disappointing start to their year. Jack Heverington was really good for him as well. 
But overall, I mean, if they get anywhere close to the Panthers, I'll be very shocked. I've got Penrith in this game by 30 points, but it could even be more than that if they're on their game. The Bulldogs are known for their defense, but they're going to be absolutely outstanding um, if they're going to you know, have any chance against this Penrith side, who I think will be a lot better after round one. I mean, I would have given him a grilling if I was the coach, and I expect I'm clear to do nothing less. The Bulldogs just seem to be to a point, even if they can start this match well, they seem to get to a point where they get 10-0 up and they score two tries, and then they don't know what to do. They don't know how to finish the game. They can't keep it going. Two tries seems to be at the maximum output for the Bulldogs. Three, if they're lucky, like they did. They scored a third one very late in the game last week, but two to three tries seems to be you know the maximum that the Bulldogs can put in in a match, and I don't see there's I don't see any chance for the Panthers score less less than three tries in this game. So Penrith by thirty for me, and I think it could be another long year for the Bulldogs, but uh, some promising signs there. But they need to build on it definitely. So the Panthers by thirty in this one. All right, this next game, the second game of Super Saturday, shaping up to be an interesting one. From 5:30 p.m., the Manly Seagulls host the South Sydney Rabbitohs from Lotto Land, and let's start with the obvious. The Manly Seagulls were absolutely dreadful to open their account to start 2021. I said it in my season prediction. I'll say it again. They needed to really start the year off well without Tommy Chirovich, like they did in 2019. They needed to be fired up. They, they're guys with you know, not too much first-grade experience. Des had to get them fired up and ready to go to the start of the year. And for me, they were the complete opposite. I mean, they were very disappointing. They uh, got outclassed by an absolutely outstanding Sydney Roosters team. But really, the experienced guys, Cherry Evans, Kieran Four, and Jake Trojevich, they really failed to lead this manly side around. And they really got cut to pieces on those edges. And really, uh, a lot of the paper and a lot of the talk in the media this week is about how much pressure Manly are under. It's their biggest loss in 16 seasons, and they should be under all sorts of pressure. But what I will say is that uh, Des Hasler, you know, the Manly board has pretty much reconfirmed that you know he's the man to to take them forward. They've put a couple changes in this week. They've got K Cust in. As a bench player, Lachlan Croker was good, but I don't think he was consistent for the 80 minutes. And they started... In my opinion, one of their best forwards, if not their best, other than Jake Trojevich last week in Andrew Davey and put Gorowski back to the bench. Sean Kepi also enters the, the bench as well. Um, so there is some, some positive signs for Manly fans, but you know, one thing I will say is when a team gets flogged, a lot of the times they'll back up and back up and uh, put in a great performance the next week, but this Manly side, it could take some tinkering with. They're, it, Kieran Foran showed some good patches, uh, but so many positional problems. Garrick and Saab looked hopelessly out of place last week. The Suley, I mean, the, the, the Brad Park and Garrick side was absolutely atrocious in defense. Dylan Walker really struggled at fullback. And unfortunately for Manly, in round two, they're versing a side in the South Sydney Rabbitohs. While they weren't great in the first half, they, they finished strongly against the Storm last week. They didn't get the points, obviously, but... They're a team that's going to be very, very hard to beat in 2021. They, in my opinion, going to improve each and every week, and they're going to be primed for that finals run at the end of the season. Wayne Bennett was very disappointed by their first-half performance last week. He's dropped Josh Mansell and Jacob Host in a move that I really like. I mean, he's proving that, you know, just because you're signed by the Rabbitohs, you have to earn your way into this top 17. You're not just handed it. If you want to be a consistent member of this top squad that the Rabbitohs have, you have to constantly be good and host and 
wasn't great in the, in the middle there. And Mansour didn't get many opportunities, but he was kind of caught out in defense multiple times last weekend. But uh, as I said, unfortunately for Manly, this Gravido side's just got firepower throughout the park. Latrell Mitchell, in one of the positives for the Rabbitohs last week, was absolutely outstanding. He looks fitter than ever um, at, at the back there at fullback. He's creating a lot of magic and... All the points that the Rabbitohs scored last week, it was all through Latrell Mitchell. So, I mean, it's a big worry for the Manly Seagulls, especially when you look at those edge defenders. You know that the likes of Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell are going to be charging down, especially on that left-hand side uh, with Alex Johnson and Dane Gagai. And I don't know if, if Garrick and Brad Parker are going to be up to the challenge, honestly, because they really struggled last week. And if they're targeting that side, then... The Manly Seagulls could be in for a, a very, very bad night. I'd like to see the Rabbitohs be a little bit more consistent. Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker, for me, last weekend didn't have a great game. I think them and Cook have got a lot to prove in terms of uh, where they're at to start their season. And, you know, guys like uh, Jaden Sewer and Cam Murray really need to step, step up as well because I thought Jai Arrow and Benji Marshall off the bench last week for CS were outstanding and were better than any of their starting forwards, um, especially in the second-round lock positions. So uh, I think the Rabbitohs are, are just as desperate as Manly. Obviously, Manly had a lot of more pressure because of their terrible, terrible start. And the fact that they don't get uh, Tommy Turbo back until at least round four or round five, they could be in some really tough weeks Cherry Evans needs to take the control of the side and he needs a much better game than his own personal disastrous game last week, if there are any chance Manly. But I think that Seahawks just have too much firepower. I expect a much improved effort from the Manly Seagulls, but the Rabbitohs should run away with this one pretty easily. I've got the Rabbitohs by 18 in this point in this game, and that's probably been a little bit generous. But as I said, to all those Seahawks Sydney supporters and to the Rabbitohs themselves, Beware a team that gets flogged because a lot of the times they'll back up with a fantastic performance, but I've got the Rabbitohs too strong in this one, the Rabbitohs by 18 points. All right, which leads us to the final game of my favorite day of the week, Super Saturday, and this one's going to be a very, very interesting one. It could also be the worst game of the round, and that is when the North Queensland Cowboys take on the St. George Oil Dragons from Queensland Country Bank Stadium on Saturday night, and just like Manly, I don't know which team here is more desperate to get a win on the board early in 2021. Todd Payton, let's just say that his first week as head coach for the North Queensland Cowboys in the Telstra Premiership was a disaster. They did not fire a shot against the Panthers. They looked terrible. Their defense was good at times, but I think Penrith's attack was a little bit more clunky than the Cowboys' defense being good. Drinkwater barely got involved in the game at fullback. Holmes was barely sided out there in the wing. And Michael Morgan and Clifford were basically afterthoughts. They really added nothing to the match. Obviously, Todd Payton's come out and very controversially called out Jason Tamalolo and said that, uh, you know, if he's missing tackles in the middle of the field, he's got to set an example and he can't let Tamalolo get out, uh, you know, get get away with it or, or some of these other forwards are going to do the same thing, and he said that he's going to be using Jason Tamalolo sparingly. He's only going to be playing him 50 to 60 minutes a week, and uh, he needs to be better if he's if he's going to get more time, basically, and it's a, it's a long-term thing, and he doesn't care what people think, and he's going to do he's going to coach his Cowboys team the way he wants to coach them, and you can look at that from two different ways. You can look at it as a new coach really stamping his authority and calling out the biggest dog in the team, but... In my opinion, it's it's a very risky thing to do. I mean, obviously, he wants the job for a, a long time. And me, personally, I think on this very show last year, was a little bit 
critical of Jason Tamalolo's defense. I think it isn't that. I think it is his weakest aspect. I think he needs to improve on it. And I think the faster the game gets, the more caught out Jason Tamalolo is going to get in defense. However, Todd Payton, his first week in, I don't think they were the smartest comments. I can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to lift his side. But really, if that if you think Jason Tamalolo is your biggest concern, Todd Payton, then you did not watch uh, the game last weekend because your side was absolutely awful. I predicted the Cowboys for the wooden spoon this season. I don't see anything to change my mind, to be honest with you. So they're going to have to be leaps and bounds better if they're even going to beat the Dragons. So let's face it, they're a little bit of a... And by the way, Payton, despite you know that, that critical analysis and my opinions of how that team went last week, he hasn't made any changes this week, which I think is absolutely insane. I think he's got to send a message to these players and not just Jason Tamalolo. But anyway, they're going to have to be a lot better than they were last week if they're any chance against the Dragons, who, as I said, let's face it, are a bit of a basket case themselves. And Anthony Griffin was criticized after the Charity Shield. Their roster's not where it should be, and they were pretty disappointing against the Sharks last week. In fact, that whole game, I think, was a little bit of low quality, and... For me, the big problem, I think Ben Hunt had a decent game and and Dufty scored a great individual try, but their defense, I mean, it's their attack's not great, but uh, the Dragons really struggled to do the, the, you know, the simple things in the start of that. In the first half of that game, Dufty was some bad drops and they led to tries and their outside backs really struggled in defense as well. You look at the Dragons' forward pack and it's just very, very light up front. I mean, McCulloch tried hard in his first game for the club, but... Guys like Josh Kerr and Tyrell Fuamano and even someone like Blake Laurie, are they consistent first-grade starters? For me, they have not proved that, and their bench just shows you the lack of experience or the lack of depth they've got. I mean, they've got Braden Willie just seems like a, a waste of a bench spot for me. Merrin and Daniel Alvaro, sure, they're experienced, but if they're not starting the game, what, exa- what impact do those two players really add from the bench? So... I, uh, I'm very negative on both these teams. I think this is the game you can skip this round, to be honest. If you want to, one to go to sleep, um, just just go to sleep after the... Uh, really, if the Rabbitohs are flogging manly in that 5.30 game, um, just, just go to sleep early and just, just call them an early night because this could be a really rough match. I think the completion rate's going to be down. The only things I'm interested in, if, if Norman and Hunt can get some quality bore out there to Jack Bird and Cody Ramsey, then they can be electric. And uh, I'd love to see what Jack Bird's got. Um, I'd love to see more of him since he's fit and seems ready to go this season. So I'm excited for that. And Cody Ramsey, we know how much of a great player he's going to be. He's electric out there in the wing spot. And um, it's an interesting one to tip. But I just think the Dragons, who have been under so much pressure, have a little bit more firepower than this Cowboys side. For me, Michael Morgan's been so disappointing over the last few years. Obviously, he's had his injury concerns, but... He just seems like a shadow of a player that he used to be, and I don't know where the Cowboys are scoring their points from, but someone really needs to step up for him and step up fast. For me, the Dragons have a bit more of natural talent out there, and you know they're not playing great, but I think this win, if they can get it, will really improve their confidence. And uh, you know they've got mainly next week the Dragons at home at Win Stadium, so if they can win this game here, they can really kickstart their season and they can get some much needed confidence out of it. But um, the Cowboys are going to be just as desperate, but I've got the Dragons in this game uh, by 14 points. I just don't rate the Cowboys at all. So prove me wrong, Cowboys, but I've got the Dragons by 14 in this one. All right, guys, Sunday afternoon football kicks off from 4.05 p.m. at Campbelltown Sports Stadium when the West Tigers host the Sydney Roosters. And 
We'll talk about the Tigers in a moment, but let's talk about how outstanding the Roosters were in round one. For me, they were the most impressive team in the competition. They were absolutely electric against the admittedly bad, really bad Manly Seagulls side, but Tedesco, Brett Morris, uh, that combination down that side of Joseph Manu as well, absolutely electric. Tedesco, I feel like he felt like he was challenged by Ryan Papahiasen with his great performance, and some people were calling Papahiasen the premier fullback in the game today, but Tedesco really answered the uh, the doubters and had an absolutely outstanding performance. Luke here is at his absolute best, and their forwards were outstanding. Lindsay Collins just seems to be growing into a great football player each and every week. He took a lot of that Queensland side last year, that winning Queensland State of Origin team, and he's brought it back into first grade. The Roosters this week, they're with, not without their injury and suspension trouble. Angus Crichton, who was great last week, he's taken a one-week suspension, early guilty plea, um, after, you know, um, a I believe it was a a crusher, maybe? Um, so he's out. Um, they've also got Jake Friend, who disastrously went down with another HIA. He, he took a bad fall, and there's concerns about his immediate, if not you know, um, overall future in the game of rugby league. So he's been replaced there by Freddie Lussick, who comes into the side. So they've got a few injury concerns to the Roosters, but overall I think they're they're going to be ready to, you know, keep going where they left off in round one. Trent Robinson has to be very happy with the, the performance to start the season, considering they had lost their prior three round one games. It's great to see them start the season off so well. And the Morrises, they just prove that they get better of age. Absolutely outstanding. Brett Morris... He's fourth on the all-time trial list now, and I think he's going to take over Steve Menzies this year. The only thing I'll say about the Roosters and uh, their weaknesses in round one, I don't think there was many, but I'd like to see young Lachlan Lingen get more involved. And, you know, if Luke Heary uh, goes down injured this year, there's going to be a lot of pressure on guys like Lachlan Liam and Drew Hutchison and Sam Walker if he gets his chance in first grade. So um, um, it's important to get the whole 17, you know, involved in game plan. I just don't think Lachlan Lamb was in round one. But overall, it's very hard to be critical of a team that, in my opinion, was the best in the league to start the year. And they're versing a Tigers team that, in my opinion, were pretty solid in the first half. They The Raiders had a lot of chances on the Tigers line, but the Tigers held them out. The Raiders were a little bit clunky and attacked themselves. But um, it was 6 all at half time. The Tigers had a 6-0 lead at one point. The second half came along, and it was more or less the same Tigers side we've seen over the last 10 years. When something goes against them, they basically fold, and it was very disappointing to see. Um, Luke Brooks, in my opinion, had some terrible game management. Yet again, he kicked down the four a couple times, made some bad decisions. You've got a Rocks or Diamonds team in the in the Tigers. I mean... Leilua, when he gets mad and, uh, you know, he can get dirty and do some very stupid things with the football. Um, the the positives for the Tigers, I think that young Dane Laurie was fantastic at the back there in his debut, and I think that uh, he has a very bright future. And their forward pack was pretty good. James Tamo, Joe Offiangia, he lead, uh, you know, added some much-needed aggression and experience up there in the forward pack with these young guys like Garner and uh, Luciana Lacey-Lua. So... Overall, I think the Tigers fans have a bit to be enthusiastic about this year, but this week it's going to be extremely tough against, in my opinion, uh, a side that's going to really just continue to set this competition on fire for at least the first month of the competition. They looked almost unstoppable last weekend against uh, against Manly. I know they were only playing Manly, but and and not a team that you know um, was at their best, but. 
I mean, they they looked like well beaters last week, so we'll see if they can continue it against the Tigers. The Tigers, if there are any chance in this game, Luke Brooks has to be at his best with the return of Adam Dewey, who comes into six, and by's going back to the bench. But those two are going to have to combine well, and their forward pack's really going to have to rise to the challenge against the Roosters' forward pack. And it shows you the strength of the Roosters' forward pack, even without Angus Crichton. When someone like Jared Real Hargraves, one of the best props in the game, is and one of the, mo- the, the props with the most aggression, in the game, he's starting off the bench. It just shows you how strong that forward pack is in 2021, despite Cryden and uh, Corden not being there. So I've got the Roosters in this one by 20 points. I'd be very shocked if the Tigers can get close to them. And considering, like I said at the start of this show, with all the blowouts we're seeing with these new rules, I just don't know if the Tigers are a team that's going to be able to keep up physically and, and have the fitness to really match it with the Sydney Roosters side. Which leads us to the final game of the round uh, with two teams that start at their 2021 with victories. 6.15pm, it starts from the Strata Jubilee Stadium when the Cronulla Sharks take on the Canberra Raiders. And for mine, um, I, let's start off by saying I absolutely hate the time slot. The 6 o'clock games on Sundays, they need to go. Just give us the 2 and 4 o'clock games every week. I don't know why this daylight saving 6 o'clock game thing's a thing, but I hate it. I just think that it drags out the weekend for a match that could be played early in the day, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think that the Sharks were pretty good against the Dragons. They're a little bit uh, you know, caught out a few times with their defense, but overall it was an impressive performance. Young Will Kennedy was was on fire. Matt Moylan looks fit, and uh, their forwards really stepped up, especially the likes of Toby Rudolph, who I'm not even going to get into his the, the NRL's official warning to him. That's ridiculous. If you want to talk about that, then go to someone that doesn't think that the NRL's a joke for that. Um, but their forward pack, Wade Graham, was really good. Aaron Woods started the year off well as well. So, And Aiden Tolman added a fair bit from, from the bench. But they're versing a Raiders side that, in my opinion, I've got them in the grand final, um, if you guys didn't listen to my season preview. But they started the year off awfully um, in the first half last week. They... Uh, Really struggled to get any momentum, and their attack looked terrible. They didn't know, didn't seem to know where to go, what to position. Then they came out in the second half, fired up, like the Raiders that we've seen over the past few years. Ricky Stewart obviously said some, something to them at halftime, and they were outstanding. George Williams really took the game in his own hand. I think he's improving as a halfback in the NRL each and every week. And um, the forward pack for me was quite impressive. Papali was good. Lua had limited minutes, but he was great. Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead were outstanding. And Ryan James, in his first game, um, after two ACL injuries in two seasons in a row, comes out, really breaks the game open by scoring that try. But to see him fit and ready to go, it shows you how much depth the Canberra Raiders have, considering that Corey Horsburgh, I believe his suspension's over, and he still couldn't get in the team this week. And uh, Corey here and here is still at a comeback as well. So... It's really, uh, as it's really a message that Ricky Stewart sending that uh, whoever's going to perform and and you know give their all and keep and earn their spot is going to get in this side, and I'm excited for the future for the Raiders. And I think that the Sharks, as I said, while they were pretty good on the weekend, they're going to have to go to another level if they're going to match this Canberra Raiders intensity that I saw in the second half, uh, despite a clunky start. So for me, I've got the Raiders in this game and. Uh, the Sharks, for me, they're a team that there's not much to talk about. They're going to be decent this year, um, but I think they're just going to struggle to match it with the with the better teams. John Morris shouldn't be under pressure as a co- coach, however. I don't know how he is, um, but I just feel like they don't have the points on the board there and the attack without Sean Johnson there to really you know worry this Canberra Raiders side. I think Matt Boylan's going to be the subject of some... Uh, 
some heavy contact contact by their big forwards like Whitehead and, and Hudson Young this week. So I think he has to be careful as well. And, you know, I just, for me, I feel like either one of these teams could lose this match and it wouldn't affect their season too much. But uh, I feel like, yeah, as I said, the Raiders just got too much firepower in them. And uh, the Sharks, I just feel like a, a middle of a pack team in 2021. So I've got the Canberra Raiders in this one by uh, 16 points. Again, with the new rules, with the speed of the game, I think we're going to see a lot of bigger blowouts, uh, as it was proven in round one than we've seen in any other year before. So the Raiders by 16 in this match for me. All right, so those are my tips for round two of the NRL Telstra Premiership. Just to recap, what you guys just listened to, I've gone the Storm to defeat the Eels on Thursday night. On Friday night, I've gone the Newcastle Knights to... Actually, sorry, I've gone the New Zealand Warriors to upset the Newcastle Knights. I've gone the Brisbane Broncos against the Titans. Uh, On Saturday, I've gone Penrith to beat the Bulldogs, the Rabbitohs to beat Manly, and the Dragons to beat the Cowboys. And the Sunday games, I've gone the Roosters to beat the Tigers and the Raiders to beat the Sharks. All right, that was the show for this weekend, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Enjoy your football in this coming weekend. And uh, please remember, like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Hopefully, I can get our first guest ever on the show in the next few weeks. I'm working on it. This show, let's make it bigger and brighter than it was in 2020. I'm glad to have you guys on board. And thank you guys for all the support. As always, enjoy your football this weekend. And I'll see you guys next week on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.